in the previous episode of the Makers and Shakers Society. Oliver, why don't you start Rapid Response Kingston? I think you'd be a great person to take that on. I guess that's what I was hoping you'd say. Well, I'm saying it. <laughs> uh, how is Seth, anyway? He's fine, I guess. His trial went well. All charges were dropped. I don't see him that much these days. What do you mean? I thought maybe I told you, Oliver. Seth and I no longer live together. Welcome back to Election Canada 2028. As predicted, Lawrence Sherrard and the United People's Alliance have won a landslide. As you know, this party is a coalition of the old Conservative Party and several dissident members of the pre-Anderson Liberals. They promised to reverse almost all the Green New Deal legislation that's been passed over the last three years and greatly increase the budgets of the security services and the military. Seth was arrested this morning, right after Georgie left for work. It was different this time. Four cops, no knock. The rules of the game have just changed. If we all get arrested, the resistance is done for. That's why I'm here. Okay. Oliver, I need to disappear right now. Will you come with me? Shakers and Shakers Society, Episode 5. The destruction of the climate-positive Anderson government in 2028 and the rise of the United People's Alliance was a great lesson. Those who held out hope for the principles of social democracy, civil disobedience, and collective action now realized they were not powerful enough to defeat the dream. Believing in nonviolence in a violent world seemed like utopian madness. The rule of law could no longer help us. We needed to seek cover. Jimmy Perez found us jobs at a small winery in Prince Edward County. Grace and me had to take on entirely fake identities, but, but that turned out to be relatively easy. Grace called herself Surrender, and I was Darko, which somehow adequately othered us as South Asian and Eastern European for our employers. The McCann Estates was named after its owner, Jason McCann, a briefly famous and rich Hollywood actor who grew up in the county. Do you remember the uh, Tiger John movies? Maybe not. His wife, Rebecca, had worked as an agent in Hollywood. When I think about it now, I can smell the grapes and the heat in my memory's nose. I can even hear Carito Jorge's voice teaching us. Gentle, you see, don't damage the vine. Just lay it gently over the wire. Takes a bit longer, but safer. So, all these plants were buried for the winter? Yes, the canes and the roots are buried each fall. It's Canada. <laughs> After they are uncovered, we tie the canes to these wires in a little arc. It's insurance for the bad years. Like this? You're smart. Yes, don't rush. <laughs> Hey, 
There were six farm workers at the McCann's. We lived in an old renovated church that had been moved onto the site. Every morning, we silently trudged from the bunkhouse over to the vineyards just as the sun was coming up. That summer was dry and heat-punishing. Another record-breaking year in a record-breaking century. Our first job will be to weed and sow cover crops. We have to spray the grapevines after every rain. Later in the summer, we de-leave the vine. Less chance of disease. Closer to harvest, we'll go from vine to vine, carefully removing the grapes further up so that only the best quality lower grapes are left. At night, we cook together in the cramped kitchen. Rice and beans, mostly. Some nights, I would borrow Juan Carlos's guitar. Grace took turns dancing with the others. On that grassy backyard dance floor, she lived up to her name. I brought you a drink. Oh, thanks, Oliver. Beautiful sunset. Yeah. So far from the nightmare the world's become. Yeah, I know. You know even though the work is backbreaking, I'm happy I'm here having this... Me too. This time together. I'm glad to be here with you. Yeah, I know what you mean. There's something else. What? Have you ever thought about you and me? Like, uh, have you ever considered me as... <laughs> Damn. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. No, it's fine. <laughs> Look, it's it's okay if you don't feel the same. Please don't take it as no. a... <laughs> no, no, it's not that. My silence, it's not what you think. I've known about your feelings for a long time. You're really bad at hiding them. <laughs> oh, shoot. I love you too, Oliver. I've always loved you, even back in high school. That's why we're here together, right now, okay? That's not it. What is it, then? Absolute truth. I'm a damaged and messed up person. I've already tried with Seth and Clive. 
Believe me, for us to change the terms of our relationship right now would be a big mistake. I love you too much to inflict that on you. Can't you let me be the judge of that? <sighs> Do you remember Mr. Deloitte? Grade 10 history? Yeah, he was great. He was great. Yeah. He was also a pedophile. What? He paid special attention to me for a whole term. Questions about India and my home life. One day we were alone in a classroom after school and he started touching me. I managed to get away by biting his hand. He said he liked brown skin. It was 14. I'm sorry, Grace. Nothing else happened after that. It's really minor compared to what other people have been through, but I can't make the memory disappear. Oliver, I don't know what to say. Please forgive me. Yes, of course. You're a sweetheart, you know that? There are twice as many people living in the trailers this year. Bunk beds for everyone. 14 people use one bathroom, no hot water. That's the same as Stony Creek. Most farms are not following government regulations and no one cares. It was almost impossible for migrant farm workers to get time away from their farms. But the owners seem to have forgotten. The one exception was church. After mass on Sunday, 30 or more of us would meet in the church hall. The topic was always the same. How could conditions for farm workers be improved? Things got somewhat better after COVID-19, but in the decade following, all those gains eroded away. What do you think we can do to make the government inspector notice? I don't know. I don't want to be sent home. I need this money for my family. That night, after brushing my teeth, I walked past Grace's room. She was sitting on her bed, silently crying. Grace? Yeah? What is it? It's just sometimes the insanity, the suffering, so that rich people can have Pinot Noir? Yes. You're right. It's insane. But think of the people we've come to know because of it. Yeah. I love them so much. Yeah, sure. That would be nice. 
During the first part of the walk, we passed a dozen or so tent encampments. These people were part of the ever-growing army of unhoused, unemployed, displaced by the economic collapse. But later, off the trail, deep in the woods, we found a grassy meadow, far away from other people. Grace led me to a spot behind an oak tree and began to undress. Here, take these off. <laughs> you have funny underwear. What are you talking about? Just cut them off. My humiliation was just beginning. No matter how much we tried or how gentle she was, I couldn't get it up. I guess I was just too confused and terrified and uncertain to be able to perform. I was mortified. Oliver, it's okay. I mean it. Bodies don't always do what we want them to do. Hey, look at me. It's okay. Really. <laughs> now it starts to rain. The next time we tried, all was fine. Being with Grace was different from anything I'd ever experienced. Our embraces fell like warm rain on parched earth. On those rare occasions when we were alone, we made love in the woods and then had long talks. You. Adios, mi buena amiga. Juan Carlo, Miguel, Gustavo. Hasta que nos encontramos de nuevo. <laughs> sí, adios. <laughs> bye, <laughs> bye, bye. After the workers went home in November, we told Jason and Rebecca that we didn't have anywhere to go. They offered to let us continue living in the church bunkhouse rent-free. It wasn't that well insulated, but we were grateful to still have a home. Once that winter, Rebecca invited us over for a meal. The house was a luxury palace out of the last century. Three bathrooms, eight bedrooms, and a dining room table for 20. Here you go, Darko. Wow, what do you think? It's awesome. <laughs> totally authentic palak paneer. And the rice. Mwah. Oh, Surrender coached me, but I cooked it all. It's really good. <laughs> but we had a lot of trouble finding the right ingredients. Mm. There are almost no international foods left on the shelves. We had to get creative. My Ukrainian baba would be proud. Mm. Well, it worked. <laughs> so, how are you making out at the church? <clears throat> it's fine. Uh, we bought two little space heaters, cozy and warm in there now. Have you heard from Jason? Mm. I spoke to him last night. The film shoot went well, but California is a disaster. Mm. He stayed in the compound the whole time. The drought's worse than ever. Wildfires close to LA, armies of homeless everywhere. But they're still shooting movies? Not for much longer, I don't think. The film and television industry is basically dead. 
can't buy a TV anymore. Mm. Internet's so unreliable. Who can stream? Well, I, I guess the war must be getting pretty bad there now. Oh, you can't avoid it. The Freedom Army has taken over large sections of California. The official government just closed up and went home. We hear so little about that on the CBC. Oh, it's because the United People's Alliance has control over the news. They've moved out of Ottawa now. Well, what do you mean? I mean, they shut down Parliament and moved all the functioning parts of the government to Waterloo, Ontario. You cannot be serious. I do not tell a lie. They've decided that climate change makes Ottawa too dangerous for the rich and powerful. Mm-hmm. You know, the flooding and the tornadoes and the extreme cold. They've had enough. But Waterloo? <laughs> it's got a more moderate climate. And it's surrounded by good farmland. They've already put a wall around the entire city. Security guards at every gate. Well, that sounds like the Alliance. That is so terrible, Rebecca. Yeah, it is. But there's a good part. Most of our customers live there now, so it makes shipping a lot easier. (laughs) (laughs) Grace, I brought you a coat. You must be freezing. What are you doing out here? Shh. Joan just taught me how to set up an encrypted phone line. It's been designed by a hacker who works for us. You know those tools online criminals use? It's like that. I've got to enter these passcodes. What will that do? I can call people without CSIS and the RCMP listening in. Like who? You know, resistance leaders members of the Black Rose Network. It's to plan actions. Rebecca and Jason invited us to a party that February. We put on our best clothes and showed up. The big house was packed with people. We were introduced to some of the partygoers, including a guy named Bryce Martin. He was one of the old school liberals who helped topple O'Meara back in 28. I was on my way to Montreal. Right near Cornwall, there was a a huge traffic jam. We were waiting for hours. Activists had blocked the 401. Oh, yeah, they've done it several times. Eventually, the army arrived and cleared them out. You could hear shots being fired and everything. Things are already bad enough as it is. I, I don't see why these people need to intentionally make things worse. They say they're doing it just to disrupt to make people like us miserable. They admit that. Everything's couched in anarchist rhetoric. All politicians are sellouts. All cops are pigs. Capitalism should be smashed. It's the height of hypocrisy. You're telling me. Politicians and cops do the dirty, necessary work to make society function. We all benefit, flawed though they may be. And capitalism? It's the world we have made for ourselves. Our daily bread. Bryce, we can always count on you to extol the virtues of capitalism. Look, you better have a really good substitute if you want to get rid of the profit motive. The alternatives I hear described by these terrorists are fairy tales. Honestly, I think we have, under the circumstances, the best possible world. That doesn't mean we shouldn't try to make it better, but not by going around trying to make things worse. The next year, 
and the Cans decided to expand the business. They did this despite the market in luxury wines shrinking by two-thirds and the weather in the county getting even more erratic. That meant two more workers were needed for the 2032 growing season. But they didn't want to lose their Surrender and Darko, so they rented us a tiny apartment above a store in the village and gave us their old electric car to drive to work. I don't think that Jason and Rebecca had any idea how important this new arrangement was for us. That next winter was brutally cold and delayed. A third of the grapevines didn't make it. That was followed by a spring of record rainfall and floods. The McCanns were panicking. Meanwhile, the world spun increasingly out of control. The death toll we heard reached a billion worldwide, mostly from heat, hunger, and poverty in the tropics. The United States was now officially ununited with several factions, including the Freedom Army, and the economy was in ruins. Hola, hello. As you know, my name is Jorge Esteva. I'm here today to tell you about my friend Jose Francisco, who works at Redbeard Winery over at Milford. Jose has worked at Redbeard for four seasons, but this summer he became sick. He couldn't work in the fields. Yesterday, Jose was fired. Claude and Jeanette wouldn't even pay for a plane ticket so he could go home. I think By 2033, owners were desperate and working conditions were getting brutal. Despite my pleas to lay low, Grace got involved with the strike at the Red Bird Winery. Workers from 11 nearby operations defied the owners and gathered one morning at dawn outside the front gates. Paid sick leave now! Paid sick leave now! Paid sick leave now! Health before profits! Health before profits! Health before profits! I counted a surprising 28 strikers that morning. Signs in multiple languages had been fashioned seemingly out of thin air. Health before profits! Health before profits! A truck arrived to pick up a wine shipment. The strikers formed two lines blocking the road. It was just seconds. Five police cars arrived on the scene. The cops, dressed in full riot gear and rifles, surrounded the blockade. Please leave the road immediately. If you do not remove yourself, you will be arrested and charged with mischief. You will immediately be deported. You have two minutes. Tienes dos minutos. Tienes dos minutos. Por favor, abandone la carretera inmediatamente. When the time ran out, the arrests started. Grace and one of the organizers had taught most of the workers nonviolent resistance, so the strikers had to be carried off the road by a couple of cops each. You will be arrested and charged with mischief. You will immediately... Amazingly, it was Jorge who broke. The two men who arrested him were very rough. He lost his temper and started kicking. Stop it! Stop it now! 
This is what democracy looks like. This is what democracy looks like. This is what democracy looks like. Jorge was beaten unconscious. Three bones broken. Five strikers had to go to the hospital. Luckily, no one was deported. The owners decided to not press charges. I guess they needed the workers too much. I was wrong about everything, Oliver. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. I was wrong. Wrong? It was a mistake. We didn't think through the implications. We should have known this would happen. Look, people are really angry. Something had to give. Yes, but people could have been deported. Mexico's a disaster zone. Our best friend could have been killed. What was the point? Only time will tell. And we put ourselves at risk. You were right. Jason and Rebecca didn't say anything. They pretended nothing happened. That's just dumb luck. Maybe. Okay, I left my phone right here. Hi, Surrender here. Yeah. Yeah? Okay. You can't be serious. What? I'm, I'm, I'm surprised, honestly. Yes, yes, it's good news. Yes, yeah, thank you. Thank you so much for calling. Okay. All right, bye. Here, I'll, I'll put those away. Who is that? Dr. Huang. And? Grace? I'm pregnant, Oliver. What? She said, congratulations, you're a statistic. Sometimes people with IUDs get pregnant. Okay. So what do you want to do? There's only one thing we can do, Oliver. Which is? I'm going to have to get an abortion. No, put the onions in the left cupboard. Look. What if you didn't? What are you saying? What if we had the baby? Look, I understand how you might feel this way, but just take a few minutes to think about the consequences. Like what? Climate disaster? Social breakdown? Fires? Floods? Assassinations? Do I need to list more? Look at the situation we're living in right now. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. We both agreed, remember? No kids until the politicians took responsibility for the future. I remember. But it's different now. This baby is an act of hope. Radical hope. It's a life sentence to the apocalypse. You can't say that for sure. You don't know what's going to happen. No one does. I thought we were on the same page about this. Eventually, I wore Grace down. 
Meher was born in the spring of 34. Grace's prediction about the hardness of our daughter's life came true, but for Grace and me in those early years, Meher was an angel in our midst. Migrant workers held a party for Mayher just a few days after she was born. The tiny baby was gently handed around from one set of arms to the next, while others swirled around the dance floor. Grace glowed through it all. ever recorded in the county. Grape farmers are saying this will not be a good year for wine, despite all the new technology they have introduced to the vineyards. The dry conditions have also had a devastating effect. Life in our little nuclear family was a stark contrast to what was happening in the world. The internet was increasingly non-functional. Radio became the only reliable source for news. Most of the sweltering tropics was empty of people. Coffee, oranges, bananas, and rice became impossible to buy. We listened to a parade of reports of freak weather events, storms, floods, pandemics, wars, all took their toll. National governments were in disarray. And most of the population of the main island and Brooklyn have evacuated. Anyone left is being encouraged. Can you grab a diaper? I've got a changer. Yep, here. So? That was Joan. She says there's going to be a strategy meeting next week in Toronto. Top secret. Oliver, Seth has escaped. And he wants us all there. Seth has escaped? Seriously? That's what she said. I'm going to go. Do you have any idea how dangerous that could be? I know. I know. But I have to go, Oliver. You understand that, don't you? Oh, what a cutie you are. Oh my god, let me hug you both. When Grace returned, she spent a long time with Meher. After the baby fell asleep, Grace told me what happened. Seth didn't make it. Security forces picked him up before he reached us. Two members of the Black Rosers worked at the prison. They helped him escape. It was heartbreaking. It's incredible he was able to get that far. Who knows what they'll do to him now. What else did you learn? A bit. Last month, the Black Rose Network bombed a large server warehouse operation outside Waterloo. It was said to be the primary data center for the security forces. The bomb did a lot of damage, but the employees didn't take the warning seriously. They wouldn't evacuate. Somebody got injured. Paralyzed, we heard. Oh, God. Is this where it's going now? That part was a dumb accident. It's truly awful, though. People are sick about it. 
How's it been around here? Things are fine, I guess. One night, I had a vivid memory of the conversation we all had that Christmas before Seth's arrest. Remind me which one? Um, we sat around one afternoon, fantasized about starting an alternative community. Oh, yeah. I remember that. Right. Seth's mother worked for the bands in the place uh, Heron River, a few kilometers inland from Lake Superior. She took Seth up there several times. They would go out fishing and hunting with the people who lived there. Seth said it was beautiful. Right. Yes, and we said, if the revolution failed, we'd all move up there and make a community in the wilderness. Yeah. Seth knew people in the local band there. He believed it would be a good place to start fresh with a new philosophy and way of living. Yeah, that's right. I wonder what the people in Heron River would have to say about that idea. Yeah, good question. I don't know. It sounds like an escape from doing the hard work of changing this world. Yeah, I guess you're right. But it's comforting to think about it sometimes. Life went on like this for five years. Each winter, Grace would leave, sometimes for weeks, to help the Black Rose Network sabotage transportation routes and plant bombs. But they were not alone. One day in 2035, 26 passenger jets crashed around the world in just a couple of hours. Most of them were private or business class planes. No one ever claimed responsibility, but the airline industry never recovered. Other aspects of the economy fell off the rails too. Bear store shelves became common and more and more people couldn't buy things anyway. Our work at the winery was beginning to take its toll on our bodies. Grace had a pronounced limp and my back troubles became chronic. can't be late this morning. Okay. I'll get Mayher. Uh, can you put on the water? Yeah. In the spring of 39, Mayher, are you up? we noticed that Robbins had built a nest in the tree just outside the window at the back of the apartment. It was exciting for all of us. Mayher was five. To watch the mother robin sit on the eggs and feed the little chicks when they hatched. What's wrong? What? Something's wrong. Look. Where are they? I don't know. Grace, come here. Yeah? Look, where are the chicks? They, they couldn't have all flown away that quickly. They were too little. Oh, God, the nest got raided. It must have been a raccoon or something. What? An animal ate the chicks. That happens sometimes. It's the way nature works. It's very sad. Ugh. Grace? Grace <laughs> cried long and hard. She couldn't control it, despite disturbing Mayher even more than the event itself. I can't bear it. Tell me, uh, what is it? We're defeated. What? I'm tired, Oliver. Really, really tired. Yeah, I know. Just 
what is the point of all of this? I remember I staying know. with her, listening to her. I didn't at any point try to calm or counter her emotions with reasonable arguments and fake optimism. Years later, in another moment of heartbreak, Grace told me how important it was to her that I just let her have her feelings without trying to make things better. Time for bed. Not yet. It's Joan. I'm going to go answer it. Hi, Joan. So what is it? What? May her, that kiddo. can't be... Got a new book for you tonight. How? Okay, what is it? The house at Pooh Okay. Corner. What's that? Well, it's But the how do you know for series. sure? Okay, that sounds good. What? So go get your pajamas on. Yeah. Okay. okay. But the consequences will be... No, no, that's not what I mean. Oh my god. Yeah. Yeah, all right. Okay, call back later. Okay. Bye. She's asleep. What's happening? Joan and Kamal say Sam's been feeding information to CSIS. Sam? What evidence do they have? Joan saw an email by accident, but then she hacked his account and she found dozens. Real names, places, plans, everything. Oh, that's bad. It's unbelievably dangerous. People will die for sure. So what do they want to do? Kill him. Tonight. It'll look like a single vehicle car accident. No one will suspect except the CSIS contact. Killing? Grace! We were never going to go there. Don't you remember all the talks we had? Of course I remember. That's not how we do things. That's sleeping with the enemy. This is different, Oliver. Don't you understand? The world is insane. We're fighting for our lives here. Everything's at stake. It's naive to think... You support killing Samuel Kemp. I do. There's no other way. The movement is way more important than one person. Morning, Oliver. I'll get me her. What do you want to do today? Jorge can pick me up. See how my hair is after breakfast. If she feels better, you can drive her to school. Okay. Do you have time for some food? I'll take cereal with me. My hair, honey. Time to get up. What are they doing at school today? I don't know. I think we start a new book. Oh, that sounds good. I wish they had more painting. <laughs> oh, come on. You need to eat more of your granola. Okay. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Ontario AM. Unfortunately, only some people can hear this broadcast. Because of wildfires across the province, many of our transmitters are without power. 
the CBC is working hard to restore service by whatever means necessary. Bye, Daddy. Talking about the have weather, a good day, kiddo. It's going to yeah. be warmer than usual today. Love you. Love you but too. we do have sun in most of our listening area. Something was wrong when I arrived at the McCann's. There was no one in the field. Suddenly, Rebecca burst out of the tasting shed. She ran towards me with terror in her face. Darko, I need to talk to you. Let's go inside. What's happening? Surrender's been arrested. Cops showed up in three cars just a few minutes after pruning started. Jason tried to stop them. They had to arrest him before they could get out into the field. Surrender just stepped forward and turned herself in, and that was it. Once they had the two of them in the car, they drove away. Did they say why Surrender was being arrested? No, but I called my friend at CSIS, and he said that she's a member of the Black Rose Network. He said she's been underground for years, and they hadn't been able to find her. Her real name is Grace. I'm, I'm sorry, Rebecca. I'm so sorry about Jason. Oh, about everything. Don't apologize, Jason. He has good lawyers. He'll he'll be released. I'm I'm more worried about Grace. Me too. What What's your name? He didn't tell you. Apparently, they don't know about you, and I didn't say anything. Oliver, my name is Oliver. Jason and I suspected that you used false names, and that you might be part of the resistance. But you did nothing? Don't ask, don't tell. A lot of the farm workers around here are resistance fighters. We know that. It's dangerous, yes, but... I'm the granddaughter of refugees. I was taught the consequence of cowardice. Thank you. I'm sorry. Oliver. Ship of my heart in the cold North Sea Wind, heartless wind is all I see Now I yearn for sanctuary Now I yearn for home. The performers in this episode were Clark Mackey, Braulio Antonio, Jackson Watt Bowers, Vishmaya Jamworthy, Marsala Lukianchak, John Gettys, Lib Spry, Cindy C, Martha Rudden, Ana Coelho. Mia Lockhart Matthew Ng Production by Clark Mackey Matt Rogalski Lib Spry Jeremy Kerr Matthew Ng Delaney Butler Ethan Molesky Anna Coelho Music performed and composed by Kevin Bowers Funding for the Makers and Shakers Society was provided by the City of Kingston Arts Fund and the Community Foundation of Kingston and Area. 
We are grateful to live and work as uninvited guests upon the traditional territories of the Haudenosaunee Confederacy and the Anishinaabek Nation. Will I know your grace? Know your grace.